Jen, it's Fantasy Festivus, and time to air your fantasy grievances. Who let you down this week? I'm going to talk about Mr. Odell Beckham Jr. for a moment. <laughs> I like what it. Are we, what are we doing here with this, right? It's ridiculous. There's like, we're all on this Odell Beckham watch, right? People are picking him up, their rosters, everyone's excited. Difference maker, game changer, blah, blah, blah. Now it comes out, like his knee's not properly healed. Jerry Jones is saying that he... So what, we're going to have him come on for like three snaps in the Super Bowl? Like, what's the point of all of this? I think it's absolutely ridiculous. I'm annoyed by it. Um, that's it. I, I'm with you. You know, he he isn't, hasn't even really been that good in a long time. Like, he is, hasn't even really been that good. So I, I don't know why we're watching this. Like, it was like the Favre retirement watch when he was like 75 years old and not good <laughs> anymore. Like, we don't care anymore. Can you just tell me when he does retire and then we're done? Like, just tell me when OBJ does sign somewhere. I don't care. I mean, care I think people then. are just so desperate right now for fantasy help that they're excited about it. But I just think, like, when it comes to the fantasy realm, I think we need to just be move on. Because it's just he's not going to be here in time to help any team uh there's got to be better players out there the guy has only played like five games since 2020 or whatever so i don't know what are we doing i'm with you down with the hype down with the hype now let's get to the show Hello and welcome to the Most Accurate Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Brandon Niles. With me are my excellent co-hosts, Jen Akins and Chris Allen. Chris, how you doing today, buddy? I'm doing well. I mean, you can tell from the hat and folks that don't know me, uh, huge Bengals fan. And to see us get a W against a you know, Super Bowl contender, potential MVP uh, of the league in Patrick Mahomes. That was a big win. But I will have to disagree with you guys like on this Odo Beckham thing. I would say that the only thing that is the only positive and the main positive takeaway from this Edel Beckham thing is just the, the content, the the co- the comedic content that we get out of it. There's a post from Benjamin Solak, like from the ringer just earlier today. He said like Odell Beckham Jr. is touring the US, hanging out with NFL players and then being told he's not healthy enough to play for their teams. And if anybody's seen Solak, I mean, small American white boy or whatever, like he said, I could do that. In fact, I'd like to sign. I'd like to do that. Sign me up for that process, please. Which I'm 100% with him. I mean, if I could also sign up for a process where any NFL team would just like wine and dine me for a couple of days and then tell me, I'm you know almost 40 years old and incapable of you know being on an NFL roster, I would like to sign up for that process as well. So I mean, I would say the comedic portion of it does actually kind of make me laugh. And I would say it's the only <laughs> that's the only positive I would take away from all of this. But Jen, how are you doing other than? being upset with one Odell Beckham. <laughs> I'm good. It's funny. You and I have kind of matching hats on today. With I know. Good like good also fans. supporting good teams, supporting winning teams. teams. Mine is the college level. Yours is the NFL. Uh, yeah. My Georgia Bulldogs are SEC champions. Uh, congrats, so, yeah. Jen. Yes. Yes. Uh, congrats. As if I had anything to do with it. It's so funny that we all it's say all you. that. Like, it's all so you, fun. Jen. Yeah. <laughs> I had nothing to do with it. Weekend, Other than Jen. be, you know, rooting for them for the last 30 years of pain and heartbreak. Uh, so I feel like it's well-deserved for me to be congratulated on their, uh, on their, <laughs> on their success. But no, other than that, uh, good season's winding down. Uh, can't say I'm disappointed about that. I'm uh, reaching the burnt out slash toast phase of the fantasy season. Brandon, how are you? I'm good. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm a little cold 
a little cranky, a little sleepy today. I got my tea. I'm gonna be okay though. I got my friends here, so it's it's gonna work out. It's gonna work out. I'm I'm easing into this here, uh, enjoying the episode already. Uh, listeners, just a reminder: this is our weekly streaming episode where we emphasize hot pickups for the primary streaming positions. That's quarterback, tight end, kicker, and team defense. Uh, before we get going into the show, let's talk about how we did last week. Uh, sleeper streamer of the week, Mike White, Chris. QB7, my friend. QB7, uh, excellent rushing touchdown to end that game. Almost pulled off a magical victory against the Vikings. Congratulations. Uh, and your other quarterbacks, pretty good too. Taylor Henneke, uh, 11th, and then Kenny Pickett, 20th. But not a bad outing at all by, uh, by Kenny Pickett. So uh, nice work there, Chris. And then, Jen, tight end streamers continued to be uh, awful in general. Foster Moreau, 23rd. Tyler Conklin, 40th. Tight end is a wasteland. The delta between the best... Uh, the delta between the tight end one and the bottom of the tight end two isn't that big right now, uh, which is huge. But you did nail Evan Ingram, tight end four, and then uh, your bonus, Daniel Bellinger, tight end 18th. But he kind of looks like kind of looks like he's there. I like it. So um, let's also talk kickers. Cade York, Jason Myers tied for kicker 11 and uh, Mike Badgley, kicker two, just crushing it as always. Uh, Stone Papa Smurf. Thank you very much. We appreciate just how awesome Jen is with her kickers. Uh, it's the way I play kickers every single week. I just I appreciate your screen name very much, Stone Papa Smurf. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, and then defenses, I did okay. The Seahawks tied for eighth. Uh, Steelers not so much tied for 20th. And the Browns first uh, chalk that up again for Houston. Unfortunately, Houston playing Dallas, and nobody can pick up Dallas because Dallas is uh, very well rostered throughout the league. Uh, let's go into our, let's see, our bye weeks, Falcons, Bears, Colts, Commanders, Saints, Packers. This is our last bye week of the season, uh, and it's a big one. There's uh, some significant teams, significant players, so let's get into our streamers. Our top quarterback streamers, our sleeper streamer of the week. Uh, Chris, which quarterback is your number one quarterback for to be our sleeper streamer of the week? All right, so it's going to be Jared Goff this week, and I'm going to build upon my mini rant from last week. Whereas I talked about the fact that because we've got injuries and we've had like so many middle class quarterbacks flame out over the course of the season that our pool of potential streamers has been completely shrunk down to the Mac Joneses, the Bailey Zappies, like so on and so forth. And this week is no different. So to try and make the streaming column and also like the show a bit more actionable, I bumped up the roster ship rate to 50% and like golf sits right on that edge right there. So that's why I mean, because look at like this week, no, like no Aaron Rodgers. If you're relying on Aaron Rodgers, you probably weren't like heading towards the playoffs anyway, but you get the idea, right? And also with Jimmy Garoppolo's injury, we've got to again, return to the waiver wire. So Jared Goff going up against the Vikings at home this week is probably your best option right now with with uh, between him and Amon Ross St. Brown, like that quarterback wide receiver duo right now, Jared Goff is third in EPA per play amongst all quarterbacks. Like when he has Amon Ross St. Brown healthy and on the field with him. I mean, for reference, I mean, Joe Burrow is at 0.21, like EPA per play, Jalen Hurts, 0.22 EPA per play, like in the same, all those same weeks. So it's just Goff has been efficient as a passer. It's just that he needs the sun God like with him in order to do it. And that's fine. I mean, Detroit's averaging like 35.6 yards per drive with the duo on the field. And that's why we've seen DeAndre Swift getting back up to six, seven targets per game over the past couple of weeks. DJ Chark kind of flexing against his former team last week as well. It's just there have been a number of other players getting involved and the offense isn't concentrated on those two. 
But with those two together, I mean, they're able to keep the ball moving well against any team that they've come across over the past like five to six weeks. What they've run five out of their six games so far over the past like six weeks. And of course, if the ball had bounced a couple of different ways against Buffalo, we might be talking about a six game win streak like for the Detroit Lions. So going up against the Vikings again at home, 51 and a half point total. It's one of the highest on the slate and the Vikings. I'm not completely sold that they're the better team at this point. I think it's like a one and a half point spread. We saw Mike White perform well against them, even though the fact that White spotted them like what a couple of good with a couple of good turnovers. He spotted them a good field position. Vikings secondary, 22nd in EPA per drop back allowed since they're a week eight by. I mean, every quarterback like so far has wound up performing well against the Vikings. We saw Mac Jones that kind of light them up, too. So. Overall, I do think that it's uh, Jared Goff is probably your best bet if he's out there on your waiver wire, but we can get in a couple of others like as well. I'm excited that Detroit's a legitimate offense to like look at and that uh, we're getting fantasy play. Now, I, I agree that it's sun god dependent very often, but it's uh, it's been fun to see that. Uh, listeners, don't forget Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform. Excellent custom settings for fantasy commissioners. Uh, Dynasty, Redraft, IDP, you name it. Uh, it's one of my favorite Dynasty IDP leagues. I'm in his own Sleeper. It's easily accessible, wildly mobile friendly. So go download the app and join or start a league today. Uh, before we get to your other quarterbacks, I just want to uh, hit a couple questions that we got here. Jefferson's Justice League. Hello. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us. Uh, they have Latavius Murray. Uh, Kenneth Walker is a potential injury. Would they keep Murray or pick up uh, Knight for the Jets? James Cook for Buffalo or Akers for the Rams? Those are all pretty good options. Uh, Jen, which one would you prefer out of those four running backs that you would pick up for Kenneth Walker insurance? Um, <clears throat> Let's see. Uh we don't know if it's standard or PPR, which would make a difference as far as um, whether you're looking at Cook or I'm not an acre. Like, I'm just not into acres. I'm not into the Rams offense at all, especially their run uh, right now. So I, I I know there's people out there that believe that acres is, is kind of on, a, on an upward trajectory now without Henderson. Uh, but I'm not one of those. So I would say... Um, Oh, it went away. So now I don't even know. <laughs> now the Rams, Rams Raiders is interesting to me. So that's got the acres does have the matchup. Um, but you know, cook jets, night bills and, uh, you know, Latavius Murray up against the chiefs. Those are your options. Right. Um, I, you know, I may, I, I go Murray or night probably. I mean, as much as you guys know, um, I'm a James Cook fan. I've been a James Cook fan for like six years now, um, college-wise and then and beyond. So I love James Cook, but we had one good game. So um, with everything on the line, I'd probably go in the safer route uh, and probably go with Murray or possibly Knight. Um, I don't know. I mean, the thing is, is that Walker is not, you know, they say it's not a big deal. Um, so he may actually be okay. Uh, so yeah, I'm sorry. That was super long winded. And I don't even know if I gave you an answer, but <laughs> move on. I, I, I like Knight Cause I think Knight's I feel like Chris right down. now. Cause he can talk forever and then get to the point, but I, I, I didn't even get to a point. I don't know how you do it. <laughs> Chris, I'm actually very impressed. It was a compliment. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Brandon. Uh, I was gonna say, I kind of like Knight. I like Knight. Um, I, I think he's got a role there for the rest of the season. So I kind of like, uh, his potential. The, the end of season schedule is kind of okay for that. Um, so I, I kind of like Knight. Uh, Chris, uh, Matthew Sue wants to know Lamar is their QB one. Should they bid all their fab $20 on Tyler Huntley 
um, or uh, Mike White. So I guess which one do you prefer and is either worth the entire budget? Uh, Huntley for me. And since he, I mean, since he asked about Huntley, he can just kind of segue into who my next quarterback was going to be anyway. Uh, so Tyler Huntley in his, what, four to five starts like last season, uh, he averaged, I mean, averaged 57 yards on the ground. I mean, so that already gives you like a fairly decent floor. And then going up against the Steelers, it's not as bad of a matchup on paper like so far. I mean, we've looked at the Steelers, like not as like a, uh, a defense that we want to pick on. But right now, like if you want to use like a short, like quick passing attack, which like Huntley like really like falls into that. I think he had what, five to six yards per attempt, like in his relief for uh, for Lamar, like on Sunday. But right now, the Steelers are allowing like over 200 yards per game. So between the rushing and like in the passing, like while he doesn't have the same, Huntley doesn't have the same weapons he had access to last year. I mean, he was passing to Rashad Bateman as he was coming out of injury in his rookie season. Mark Andrews was hot. I mean, even some of the ancillary options were better too. And the running game was more efficient. Like overall, the game or the team conditions are worse in 2022 than they were in 2021. But against the Steelers defense, like so far, I mean, like I said, they've given up over 200 yards passing like in every single game this season, allowed a passing score in like in a decent amount of their games, like over the past like four to six weeks. Huntley is probably your best option, like outside of golf, if you're trying to aim for like that ceiling type outcome, like Huntley offers that, especially because of the rushing. Uh, yeah, I'm really interested in that. We'll get to uh, my take on on the Pittsburgh D here in a little bit. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, it's interesting to watch Tyler Huntley. I'm with you. I like Mike White and the magic with Mike White. I also think he's a turnover machine. So I think that uh, Huntley adds the rushing upside. And I, I agree with That's you it. there. Mm -hmm. uh, Diamond Coney's, I, I'm going to talk a little bit about defenses later, but I won't talk Ravens or Lions because both of them are rostered the uh, the Ravens, I would stick with the Ravens. I think that's probably the way to go. Uh, let's get to your other two quarterbacks, Chris. Uh, so I just talked about Huntley. So the only other one, uh, so Mac Jones is actually in a fairly decent spot against the Cardinals. So the Cardinals, like they're pretty tough up front in terms of pressure rate. I think they're top six, top seven, top seven in pressure rates like so far this season, but they're back end. I mean, they're still, I mean, they're pretty terrible, like on the back end. Uh, so with the Cardinals, I think John Wolford, like in his first start in relief with Matt Stafford, I think he's like one of the only quarterbacks to not finish in the top 12, like over the last six games. Like we've seen pass catching ring backs like Austin Eckler, like rack up a ton of yards. Christian McCaffrey was like seven for 67, like through the air on top of what he did on the ground against the Cardinals. Primary wide receivers. So guys like Tyler Lockett. I mean, he was like five for 60, 67 and a touch like against against the Cardinals. And so far, I mean, I'm hoping that the pass rate over expected shifts for New England. We saw that viral video with Mac Jones, like kind of screaming at like along the Patriots sideline for them to like throw the ball more because he said the running game sucks or quick game sucks. Or if you're a mouth reader, let me know like what he was saying. Either way, he's frustrated with the way the offense is being called. He has a right to because we haven't seen a lot of those easy buttons for him so, so far as compared to what they're doing Bailey Zappi. Not a ton of play action for him. I'm hoping that also shifts. Regardless, of, against Arizona, even though they are on the road, we should be able to see them get like that short area passing like involved so far, like Ramondre Stevenson, even maybe mix in a little bit of Devontae Parker like down the out uh, the intermediate or deep parts of the field. Regardless, it should be an easier out for Max Jones than what he had against Buffalo last week. So he's a decent uh, decent spot start. Ryan Tannehill, he's fine. 
I'd be more inclined to start him if we knew more about Traylon Burks. I'm assuming Burks is going to miss this week because the way the concussion like protocol it. has been going. I mean, you could look at guys like Chiggy Okonkwo if you want to this week at the tight end position, but it's just they don't have a ton of playmakers. And against Jacksonville, who we just saw them get romped uh, by Goff and the Sun God this past weekend, it's a good matchup. But unless we're expecting another, you know, 60-yard screen pass to Derrick Henry or a deep pass to Conquo or Robert Woods or even, I guess, Westbrook or Keene can get involved in there as well. Again, it doesn't have enough playmakers in order to get there. So I would say Mac Jones, Huntley, tier ahead of Ryan Tannehill. But if you didn't have any other options, Tannehill is he's fine for this week. Sure. Sure. Uh, so just a, a quick question from Daniel Duong. If you uh, don't have Goff available on your waiver wire, uh, Huntley, Mike White, or Deshaun Watson, Chris? Uh, for me, I would go actually in that order. Yeah, probably in that order. Huntley, White, and then Deshaun Watson. Okay, that makes sense to me. Um, Jen, I, I, I'm curious, like, Derrick Henry hasn't looked Derrick Henry-ish the last couple of weeks. Are you worried heading into the playoffs with that Tennessee offense? I, you know, I would be if I was someone that uh, got to where I was because of Derrick Henry and then now have to count on him to get me farther. Uh, that offense just isn't, you know, I mean, they had a very difficult matchup last week. And it's true. He, and he was not awful the week before because I actually debated him using him as my Festivus this week. And then I looked it up and I think he got like 14.8 half PPR points uh, in week 12. So it really was. I mean, it wasn't like a normal huge Henry week. But 14.8, you can't really bitch about, right? It's not horrendous. Um, so I feel like it, it possibly was matchup-based. Uh, they just shut him down. So um, I'd go with, like, medium to – or mild to medium concern, you know? No, like, full panic. No, you know, trying to replace him or anything. I mean, of course you're going to continue to roll him out there. But uh, let's just hope that, you know, he continues. And like Chris was saying, there's not a lot of weapons there. So they kind of have to – you know, rely on him and use him and maybe they'll use him, you know, in the passing game a little more, even though that's not his thing, but he can do it. I mean, he, you know, he's done it. So. Excellent. Uh, Chris, before we get to uh, tight ends with Jen, just a quick question. Uh, Stone Papa Smurf asked about Brock Purdy. That's probably going to be the guy that everyone asks about. Cause he's the guy who's on a, who's available on every single waiver wire and uh, came out of nowhere and had a pretty good game. Uh, so just your, uh, you're very quick down and dirty on, on Brock Purdy. It's fine if you want a guy that can do like point, click, shoot, that type of thing, which Kyle Shanahan is very good at scheming up simple concepts and simple uh, yeah, simple concepts like for uh, for passers. And we've seen him do this before, like Nick Mullins, CJ Beathard. I mean, they all kind of fall into that same robotic type of uh, mindset that Shanahan wants out of his passers. So I think he's fine. Going up against uh, going against the Bucks, we just watched Andy Dalton kind of pick them apart for 54 exact like exactly 54 minutes until Tom Brady decided in the last six that he wanted to score two touchdowns. So he's fine. I I do just have some concerns about you know Todd Bowles and his ability to scheme up enough pressures against rookies and also just like inexperienced passers. Uh, that I mean, we watched him completely dismantle Jalen Hurts in the playoffs like last season. So it's entirely possible that while I have questions about Todd Bowles as a head coach, Todd Bowles, the defensive coordinator, should have enough up his sleeve in order to make things at least difficult for Brock Purdy in his first actual start. Makes sense to me. Uh, I'm I'm here for the the Purdy bandwagon, whatever it is. I I just for fun. Although I I do wish Jimmy Garoppolo a speedy recovery. Jen, uh, 
I'm going to ask you the question. I, I I know the answer. I'm going to ask it anyway. Is it a good week to stream tight ends? Uh, you do know the answer to that. <laughs> and the answer to that is no, uh, it's not. I mean, it's not the worst week. You know, there's a couple tight ends that have slipped into the uh, streamable range because of some bad weeks. So, you know, at least they're, they're names that we can feel a smidge more comfortable than some of the other names out there putting into our lineups. But yeah, I mean, tight ends ugly. There's no getting around it. But here we go, right? Um, so our first uh, streamer of the week is Greg Dulcich. He was, I don't know where he, he was non-streamable for a while because people picked him up and whatever. He had a couple stinkers. So now he is down to 38% Yahoo roster ship. Uh, you know, he doesn't have a fantastic matchup, but he is playing Kansas City. So last week, he he kind of was back-ish, I mean, considering the Broncos and how horrible they are. He had six receptions for 84 yards, or 85 yards, I'm sorry. Corlin Sutton got, you know, hurt with a hamstring and left the game. I think, you know, he, I think he's going to be out again. I mean, a hamstring, you don't usually return that quickly. So um, I think he'll, he may be out a couple weeks. So that could open the door a little bit for some more volume for Greg Dulcich. Kansas City is 14th in schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed to the tight end. They're allowing 8, 8.8 half PPR points a game. So, I mean, he's not the worst option. He's, not the, you know, he's an option. Uh, I think that, you know, they're in a situation maybe being that it is an AFC West division game, maybe the Broncos will get up for it. Uh, I don't know why at this point. Well, the thing is they can't even tank, right? Because they traded. Yeah, first. right. They don't even have a first round pick no matter what. So I don't know what they're doing, but Greg Dulcich, there you go. He's an option. Um, uh, Got to credit our, our producer, Sal, by the way, for the uh, Rapunzel Greg Dulcich graphic that, that's in the middle of our screen. Where? Oh, I enjoying. didn't even see that. So, yeah, very much enjoying that. So, <laughs> ah, And then I see Stone Papa Smur actually has a great point that uh, they, he has Arizona next week too. So Ah. You know, considering he's he's at this low roster ship, you can grab him now, and uh, there you go. So speaking of Arizona, our second uh, streamer of the week is Hunter Henry playing in Arizona. He is at 35% roster ship. Same kind of deal. Had a bad couple weeks, so his, his roster ship fell, and now he's at 35%. He's coming off a dud game. However, it was the Bills. So we knew going in Hunter Henry was not going to have a great uh, week last week. Uh, he gets the Cardinals. They're 31st uh, against the uh, against tight ends. Arizona and and per uh, you know this is courtesy of Justin Edwards, our tight end uh, streaming writer. Uh, Arizona allows the most yards, the most catches, and the most touchdowns this season to the tight end. So Vance Joseph, baby. So yeah, um, <laughs> so yeah, Hunter Henry. There you go. He is 35% rostered and he's there. Uh, final guy, our friend Daniel Bellinger. He's back from his uh, fractured eye socket and septum. He went, you know, last week he saw five targets. Like you can't really, you know, coming off an injury, he'd been out for a couple of weeks. Five targets is nothing to, you know, sneeze at. Is that the expression? Nothing. To yeah. Sneeze at? Yeah. That's a, I'm, I'm not why? sure why, but it is the, it is the expression. Well, anyway, <laughs> hold on. Why one would sneeze at something. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't understand why. That's why when I said it, I was like, that sounds really weird, but I guess that is the expression. But anyway, five targets is five targets. Uh, Philly, you know, not the most fantastic uh, matchup there, but the volume could be there. So as a third option, there he is, Daniel Bellinger, if you want him. And he's only 2% rostered. So um, in those larger leagues and stuff like that, he'll be there. Also, not a lot of options in the, that Giants passing game. Although I, that too. 
Although I kind of kind of like Isaiah Hodgins as like a a potential possession guy, not not in like most leagues, but if you know super super deep leagues, I'm kind of interested in what he's done. But uh, but yeah, Giants not a lot of targets there. I'm excited about Daniel Bellinger. Yeah, there, I mean, so. he listen, he's a body that has potential, and that's really at this point, like I've said on every podcast I've done, and like I've said, <laughs> whether if you don't have Travis Kelsey, like everyone else, it's just a crapshoot. You're it throwing really him is. in there, and you hope they either fall in the end zone or they get something. Because there's just no consistency. I mean, guys that we've never heard of are cracking the top 10 in tight ends every single week. So he's a body. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, those are those are much better names than than I'm accustomed. Yeah, that's to. why I said we got a couple who have fallen in roster ship like Daniel Bellinger was definitely above the streaming line before he got hurt. Yep. Um, and Henry and Dulcich have both been there as well. So we have some at least some names. Um, they could all put up goose eggs and I wouldn't be surprised. So, you know, or they could, or, or they could be the top three, uh, you know, after Kelsey, you just don't know. <laughs> All right. So how about kicker, Jen? Uh, uh, always better news on the kicker side of things, right? Yes. Uh, yes. And you know, this week it's interesting. So with six teams on a buy, this week, um, all four of my kickers are coming from two games. I'm going two games, you know, each kicker in each one, uh, because, We've got two good good shootout potential games uh, happening. Uh, first guy we have is uh, we're going back to the well with Mike Badgley. He's playing at home against Minnesota. He was kicker two last week. He put up 16 uh, fantasy points. So <laughs> this crazy, right? This game, this this Detroit-Minnesota game is the highest over-under of the week. Like if you told me that in August, I would have laughed in your face. Uh, but here we are, right? The, the over-under is 53.5, which is crazy. Yeah. I it's mean, granted, there's six teams on a bye, but still, that's, you know. Um, and then Detroit itself has the third highest uh, team implied total of the week at 27.50. They're favored by a point and a half. So Mike Badgley, and he's only 16% rostered. So I like him. Uh, the second guy I like uh, is Jason Sanders, as usual. You know, he's always, he's always in the mix for me. But, uh, you know, they're on the road this week. Uh, the Dolphins play the Chargers. Last week was not a good game for Sanders, but he was playing the Niners, and we kind of knew that going in. He's got some good bounce-back potential. Uh, Miami's a three-point favorite on the road against the Chargers, and um, their impl team implied total is 27.75. And that game is the second highest over-under of the week at 52.5 points. So going into now, our third option is going to be the other side of that Minnesota-Detroit game, Greg Joseph. Uh, on the road in Detroit, another dome kicker in a dome. I mean, it's all, it, they're all domed there, I guess. Uh, but, uh, Joseph is only 18% rostered and then they have a 26, uh, point implied team total. So once again, I like, I like both those guys. And then, uh, the other kicker on the other side of that dolphin game is Cameron Dicker, the kicker first Miami, he's 37% rostered. So he's kind of close to the edge of streaming, but, uh, you know, like I said, they have the second highest over under at 52 and a half. Uh, the Chargers implied team total is 24.75. So there you go. Um, those are four guys, two games, four guys. And I think, you know, I think it's a good week to, to stream kickers. I think all four of those guys have uh, some good potential. I think all two, both of those games uh, have shoot up potential as well. I like it. I like it. Diamond Cojones asks uh, if they have Harrison Butker, would you make that swap for Mike Badgley rest of season? Ooh, rest of season. I don't know. I'd have to actually look at the schedule real quick, but, um, I think that, I mean, I, Butker, you know, I don't know. I mean, the, the Kansas city usually kind of comes, comes on hot at the end, but let me look real quick. 
Uh, they have, hmm, they have a pretty good schedule. They, they only have one game against Seattle. Seattle is actually tough against kickers for some reason, but Butker has a pretty good schedule. I mean, he's got Denver, Houston, Denver, you know, with a Seattle in the mix. So I don't know if I'd get rid of Butker, to be honest. I think I'd probably keep him. Uh, let me look at Badgley. Uh, of course, he's not on our thing. So I can't look at Badgley. Uh, all right. Well, I don't know Detroit's schedule rest of season. He's not on the hotspots thing. Um, don't know why, but he's not. But yeah, uh, Butker, you know, he's always solid. I mean, there's like three or four guys at the top. Bass, Butker, Tucker. You just kind of ride with them. I will say Badgley. So Vikings, Jets, Panthers, Bears, Packers. That Those are their last games. I guess the Packers doesn't count because nobody plays to good. Right. Yeah. I'd say it's a tougher schedule. I mean, it depends, you know, if Detroit can, Detroit's spotty, right? I mean, can we count on them every week to put up, you know, I don't know, but with, like we said, with the Monroe back, it's a good thing, but you still don't know. I mean, they are healthy. They have Swift. They have, you know, they're, they're back. But uh, I think out of those two, I'd probably just stay with Butker. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I'm going to do uh, defenses real quick. I'm going to be honest. This is a horrible week to stream defenses. So uh, the best streaming option is whoever you picked up last week to stream. Like if you picked up, uh, you know, if you, if, you know, if you've got Seattle. Seattle or something like that, Seattle would probably be the best one. Their, their roster ship is too That's high. Who I, I streamed Seattle in every league and yeah. they were great. So just stick with Seattle because they're up against Carolina. But uh, if you have to pick somebody up uh, again, I hate all these options. So don't. Don't be too mad at me. Uh, you could talk me into the Bengals. I don't have the Bengals listed. You could talk me into the Bengals uh, against the Browns, but I don't know. Division games sometimes can be in that. I don't know. Sometimes they, weird things can happen, which I'm I'm saying that I'm going to bring up two division games. But <laughs> it's uh, the, I I don't know. I could see the I could see the Browns scoring on that Bengals defense, even even in a loss. But uh, the only one I feel kind of good about Steelers at the Ravens, the last time the Steelers faced Tyler Huntley, they forced two picks and held the team to 13 points. That was the last game of last season. Uh, and as Chris mentioned earlier, Tyler Huntley had better weapons, uh, the last time he faced the Steelers defense, Steelers defense has been pretty good. They have six interceptions over the last four games and they're getting healthy. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick is playing like the demon that he is. TJ Watt looks good. That defense is playing better. So it's not exactly the same defense that we saw giving up oodles and oodles of points early in the season when they were nicked up they're healthy they're playing well and uh they're trying to keep their season alive so i i kind of like that okay they've held opposing teams to teens in three of their last four and the ravens offense has sputtered especially lately they've had some big games but they've also had some real struggling games they've played down to their competition which is something that they Ravens always seem to do. Uh, while I like Tyler Huntley and I'm excited about the rushing upside, I do I do think this could be a rock fight. So if you need a streamer, need 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 a streamer, you can squint and find a find a way for the Steelers to be pretty good. Uh, second, Cardinals versus Patriots. This one solely because the Patriots turned the ball over. It's just something that the Patriots have done this season, which is very uncharacteristic of a Bill Belichick team. Cardinals are coming out of the bye. Uh, they're everybody's job is on the line for the Cardinals. So it's just kind of a gut feeling. Maybe the Cardinals can come out and cause some turnovers. It's, it's an ugly one, but new England's tied for 19th in points per game. They're tied for eighth in interceptions thrown. I think that it's possible. The Cardinals can, can, can have a better defensive performance than normal. Uh, and then finally Titans versus the Jaguars. Jags are 17th in points scored. They've been in the teens for four of the last six Titans are 11th in points allowed. 
So like it matches up pretty good. The thing is the Titans just don't, they don't get turnovers. Uh, the Titans have given up points to really good offenses, but they've been pretty stout against the likes of green Bay, Denver, Houston, Indianapolis. So it's possible that if the Jags have one of their off offensive days, Titans could, uh, could do well. I, I, I want to know Chris, um, as a, an AFC North fan, right? That, that Bengals Browns thing, the Bengals defense has been very Jekyll and Hyde this season. Should I have included Cincinnati on this list? I think it's definitely worth considering because like Big Lou has definitely has found a way to rework the uh, the Bengals defense over the past few weeks. I mean, without Awuzie getting Reader back, I mean, they limited Derrick Henry on the ground like when they played against Tennessee. And then uh, just this past week against against KC, while they didn't do the whole like drop eight thing like they did it, uh, against Kansas City, uh, in the AFC championship game, like uh, last season, it was they used it at the right spots because when they did drop eight into coverage, I think it was on just like five snaps. It was what two snap, uh, two sacks and a tackle for loss, if I'm remembering correctly. So it's just, they have at least enough on defense right now to limit opposing offenses. And with Cleveland coming out last week and Deshaun Watson coming out last week and essentially I'll just say rusty is probably the nicest way to characterize how he looked last week. What their first offensive drives went punt, interception, fumble, safety. I think in that particular order, if I'm remembering correctly. It was glorious. It was glorious. So it was just, it was, so with him not being, with Watson not being efficient, uh, and we can't really expect Nick Chubb to do the same thing that he did last time. It was 101 yards and two scores on the ground against Cincinnati in the primetime game the last time that they played. Right? If they were able to stop Derrick Henry, if they were able to at least limit Isaiah Pacheco like last week in the in the KC's like mildly efficient running game so far, I think they should be able to do the same with both Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. I mean, Kareem Hunt also got got in the mix too. I think they totaled almost like 160 yards on the ground, like when they play back in week eight. So now I think Cincinnati is at least worthy of a flex option, like in this matchup for sure. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Let's uh, I'm going to make sure that my toddlers uh, haven't fallen down a well, because that's what it sounds like upstairs. So we'll see what <laughs> the only, the only explanation I can come up with is that they're bowling and dropped a bowling ball down. So uh, I will mercifully end this episode. Jen, Chris, any final thoughts before we go? So that whole, like nothing to sneeze at. So I did go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> nice, nice. All right. So in the 17th century, sneezing was considered a symbol of status as people believed it cleared their head and stimulated their brain. So soon sneezing at will became a way to show one's disapproval, lack of interest and boredom. So that's why they said like, it's not something to sneeze at. So oh. Oh. I'll like, right. Chris, Chris, you sneeze at me a lot. Is this uh, that is not that is, that is that I is, always that thought they were like like little mini <laughs> orgasms, but that's a whole that's a discussion for another day. That's, I a, guess. that's a different podcast, I think. That's, yeah, a, that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> My gosh, Jen. Whole other podcast. Little <laughs> orgasms with Jen, yeah. Chris, and Brandon. It's uh, that's that'll yeah, be just Jen can... and Brandon. Like, I, <laughs> Chris, you're not involved. You're not oh, involved. Come on, mm-hmm. come on, Chris. Come on. It won't be the same without you, Chris. Um, <laughs> Thank you, Chris and Jen. Always a pleasure. Uh, everybody, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Jen Akins NFL, at Chris Allen FFWX, and at Two Guys Brandon. Thanks so much for checking us out. Have a good day. <laughs>